Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, <laughs> thinking that you're just going to love her latest selection? Oh my gosh, precursor. <laughs> <laughs> and inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they recommended. That is us. Mm-hmm. We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read, I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I apparently don't enjoy very good books based on the glaring that I've received today. But I do enjoy books that build up new worlds, invite magic and mystery into our lives, because science fiction and fantasy do indeed rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality, and that's all I'm going to say right now. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast, You're Making Me Read What? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books. Each month, we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even if a book isn't entirely your style, there may be some redeeming qualities to it. Right, Christine? (laughs) I guess we'll see. (laughs) Or redeeming quality? Oh, one? (laughs) Harsh! Okay, this is going to be a rough one. Well, uh, she'll... Should we do the spoiler alert? I don't think we did the spoiler alert last time because the book was, in your words, so boring that it probably didn't need one. It wasn't so boring. It just was. It was there. (laughs) I read it. It took up headspace, and now it's gone. Yes, we should read the spoiler alert. (laughs) Would you like the pleasure of that? Absolutely. (laughs) Now is the time for us to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, Mm -hmm. which was very long, including the ending and any magical twists. Mm -hmm. If you have not yet read The City of Brass and you don't want us to spoil anything, please stop listening now and join us again after you've read it or decided that you are never going to read it. (laughs) Okay, okay, wait. I have my own spoiler alert. It's an add-on spoiler alert. Uh So typically, Christine and I do not talk about the books (laughs) before we come into the podcasting booth to do this so that it's kind of a surprise to both of us what we thought about it and the the different topics we want to discuss and all those pieces. But we both read this uh, before I went on maternity leave. So it's it's been a while, and we were kind of planning again what was going to happen. So I've had some cues, one might say, as to Ms. Christine's feelings about this particular book. And I have to say, this is either going to be a very long podcast where she yells at me <laughs> for making her read it, or it's going to be a very short one where she just sits there and gives me angry eyes for having wasted her time. I'm going to say that she thinks I wasted her time with this one. Well, I do... I- First, I'm going to thank you, and it will be laced in lots of sarcasm. I can feel it emanating this way already. Fabulous. Yes. Um, the the book was 22 um, uh, record, like not discs, but what are they now? Hours? Um, yeah, roughly hours. Um, oh, okay. Files. 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 That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Long. And I listened to it. Before you went out on maternity leave. We were supposed to record before I went out. We were. Yes. And then other events happened, mm-hmm. which let us not do it. Mm-hmm. And on my way out of the house that morning when I thought we were going to record, I said to my husband, <laughs> oh, thank God we're recording this because I would have killed myself if I had to listen to this book again. It was horrible. It was the, I, it was, I almost didn't get through it. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad you don't have to do that. And I came home from work that day and I said... We didn't record it. Oh. I have to listen to it again in you, three months. You did not have to listen to it again. You chose to listen to it again. Well, I did because I blocked it all out. And again, it could have been a podcast where I just talked for 25 minutes <laughs> and you glared at me. Okay, That's before true. before we get into 
the awe-inspiring moments mm-hmm. of this book that sure. cause you to dislike it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should give a brief synopsis. I think that's a good idea. And you, because you listened to the 22 file hours, mm-hmm. are welcome to correct my pronunciation because I'm sure it's going to be really, really bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, that will entertain me. Oh. I'm go. I'm happy? Mm-hmm. Free. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the eyeballs that I'm getting right now, there's no blinking, Mm-mm. and it's very intense. Glee. It, glee? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm kind of scared, but I'm, I, am, I am a little ready and a little scared. Okay. Preparatory. So the book is called The City of Glass, or The City of Brass, excuse me. It's the first of a trilogy by a lady named S.A. I'm going to say her name wrong, too. Charbortney? Don't know. Something. S.A. Lots of letters, Bortney. Um, so the the book starts off with a character named Nari. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got one. Nailed it. Thank you. That one was short, so that one helped. Although sometimes they say it with an H, Nahari. Nah, nah, Nahari. And it's spelled with an H. Okay. It's N-A-H-R-I. Okay. I'm going to go Nari. Sure. So, so Nari is living in Cairo, and she's kind of a like a grifter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so she's, at the start of the book, there's this mark. And she's performing a fake magical ceremony. But it turns out to be real accidentally. And she calls down all these ifrits, these kind of demons. And she lives in Cairo. And the story as it progresses turns out that she she runs into all of these magical creatures, these ifrits and these, um, they're like genies, I guess. Mm-hmm. And finds out that she's part jinn and is transported to this magical city of Devabad where she becomes a healer, kind of, and is involved in all this palace intrigue and class wars, uh, along with her guardian, Darya Vahush. Mm-hmm. Did I say his name right? You did. Oh, my gosh. beautiful. This is the best. Um, so the course of the book takes you along this journey with a couple of different main characters. It's really steeped in kind of Islamic mysticism, and it is definitely an epic fantasy start-off. There's a lot of world-building and character development. And Christine hated all of it. There's so much. There's so much eyeball action. And because she didn't get to correct any of my um, incorrect pronunciations, there's got to be something else. No, I'm, I'm delighted that you pronounced it correctly. It's because I enjoyed the book. <laughs> so, whereas you did not. Okay. Um, hit me with it. What was so bad about this that you couldn't almost finish it? Okay. Issue number one. <laughs> There's a numbered list. No, no, probably not. Um, so I think it's interesting that we're talking about this book right after we read Girl with the Pearl Earring. Okay. Because one of the things that I loved and we discussed about Girl with the Pearl Earring yeah. was how succinct Tracy Chevalier <laughs> was with the language. <laughs> this one's not. <laughs> and a 180-degree uh-huh. flip yes. is Shabortney, or yeah, yeah. Um, this author. Yes. And... Typically, I would say something like, I think this author just really needed a good editor. editor. I think she needed any editor. <laughs> I'm not even going to. Awesome. I mean, a bad editor would have been good. Uh-huh. Um, and it made me think of, you know, you're a traveler. You, uh-huh. you like to travel? Yeah. And you know when you're packing for a trip, you're huh. supposed to put all your stuff out on the bed and put back half of it? No, I've never heard that, and I will never do it. Oh, th- that is how you're supposed to pack. You put oh. everything you think you're going to need for the trip uh-huh. out on your bed. And then you put half of it back in the drawers and you only take the half that's left on your bed. That is what needed to happen with this book. She needed an editor that subscribes to that method of packing. Okay. I am going – that's interesting. And I think it really (laughs) speaks to how we are different readers. Because, one, when I am packing to go on vacation, I I don't put everything out and look at it. Um, That's (laughs) – 
That's crazy. Foolish. That's crazy talk right there. <laughs> what I do is I pack my bag and then I go, oh, no, wait, I forgot these things. And then I pack more bags. <laughs> so and I subscribe to that style of reading. <laughs> Really, it all makes sense. The now. more words, the better. <laughs> so, so when Christine is saying that there's 22 file hours or, or however much it is, I, I don't have the book in front of me. Right. I think it was like 550 or 600 pages, that some, somewhere in right. there. Yeah. And by the time you get to the third book in the trilogy, it's almost 900. And of course, I'm reading it, and going, I hope it never ends. There's so much more to explore. <laughs> Let's keep going. And you've said this about other books I've picked too, like um. When we read um, Memoirs of Cleopatra by mm-hmm. Margaret mm-hmm. George, yep. that one, I will admit, well, it was, that was even longer than this one. Yeah. Hefty. Um, and I still enjoyed it. But right. That one I could kind of see like. It was could, a little dense. Could be places. trimmed. Could sure. be trimmed. With this one, I enjoyed it so much. Like, I enjoyed all the characters. I enjoyed all the pro. Like, I was fine with how long it was. It zipped by. <laughs> so, whereas it did not for you. Well, I, I almost gave up. When we got to the part where they're just about to enter Devabad uh-huh. and the river monster attacks them, yes. and I was like, mm, "Nope, n- no, <laughs> this is." And and this one sentence really encapsulates my experience with the book. How many commas are there in the sentence? I don't know because I listened to it, but it wasn't. It's not a long sentence. Okay, it's just it shows my miscomprehension, lack of comprehension. Okay, I'm ready. The Devas were as devoted to their bows as the Gaziris were to their Zulfi cars. And yeah. I was like, I don't understand anything that was just said. I know everything that was just said. And so here's my issue with her. By the way, a Zulfi car is a type of sword that's that used bursts by... bursts into flame. Yes, that's used by one sect of people in this book. And the bows are like a bow and arrow that's sure. used by another one. The bows, so I felt like I could get... That mm-hmm. was the one word I understood. And the conjunctions. <laughs> I, I felt like they still worked in English the way that they did in other oh, English. Okay. But I felt like she was so interested in describing stuff yeah. that she described it without without giving you any kind of context. So there was ah, okay. all this description and I was like, I don't under I don't know okay. And the other thing, part of this could be my own ignorance. Um a lot of it could have been that I'm just terribly unfamiliar with historical Muslim um, if, culture. If you are, I am as well. Okay. I went into it with, with no understanding or, or pre-knowledge. So that was actually fun, learning. Well, I don't know how much of it was true and how much <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. But, um, but that part I was intrigued by, and I enjoyed that part very much. Yeah. So, And I think the story itself was interesting, I think that the characters were very, very, very simplistic. And oh, you just wait till the next book. Oh, I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> like Nari was just really petulant. She was whiny. Oh yes, and she just felt super sorry for herself. And have you never? Okay, so maybe you have not read a lot of teen fiction. Okay, so is this is this young adult fiction? It's like emerging adult. Okay, it, it's right in that kind of gap okay. area. Because I did, I was wondering that when I was listening to it. Oh yeah, definitely. So I have it's read. Angsty. Yes, mm-hmm. I have read a lot of teen fiction. Yeah, and uh, there is definitely an unfortunate preponderance of female main characters who are, um, like they they rely on men too much, yeah. or they are like complaining about their situation without trying to do anything about it. One of the nice things about this series, when you read the second and third book, sure. I'm sure it will happen, mm-hmm. is that she grows over it. Okay, good. And all of them. All of the main characters, not Dar is a little different, mm-hmm. but Ali and Nari and um, a couple of the other folks, 
you can kind of see the process changing for them as they are put into different scenarios that are outside of their comfort zone. Okay. And as this war develops, um, I think you're probably right that the author took too much space in describing things. Mm -hmm. I am okay with that because I like epic fantasy. So I know that the first book is really a lot of ground setting. Got it. And that the next ones I'm going to get payoff for it. Okay. So that's fascinating to me. So if that's kind of the deal that you yeah. expect and that the, the author has with you, yeah. that is that makes sense. Like, yeah. It does. I mean, I know you're not going to read the next ones, so there is no payoff for you. <laughs> right. But I enjoyed those books so much, I'm probably going to reread them again at some point. Right. Because I bought them. I, right. am, I am a librarian who checks out the book from the library first, and then if I really like it, I go and buy the book so yeah. that I've got them available to reread them. Yeah. And... There were so many interesting themes in this book that I think I'm going to want to continue to pick apart the more times I read it. So one of the pieces that was really um, purposeful to me in her writing was a lot of what we do in science – a lot of what we do, like I'm an author. A lot of what <laughs> happens in science fiction and fantasy is that you can dissect really uh, difficult or painful societal problems mm-hmm. In a people that are not you. Yeah, yeah. So in this book, when they go to Devabad, there's the Devas, which are the like the full jins, mm-hmm. and then there are the Shafits, who are half jinn, half human, mm-hmm. and they are relegated to a specific part of the city. They can only have certain jobs. Their children are sold right. and stolen. Right. Um, it ends up being this huge class and kind of ideological war. They have different religious backgrounds almost, but it's all within the same overarching umbrella. Right. And the Shafiq can't even leave. No, they're not allowed to because right. if they went into the real world, they could, the real world, I did a little air quotes there, <laughs> then the humans might get on to understanding that Magic. there's more than right. what they know out there. Right. And so as I'm seeing these kind of world-building components, I'm able to just kind of set aside some of the extraneous details and pull them back in later because I'm enjoying the context so much of right. what is going to happen next to this society that she's involving us in. So that is very helpful to me because remember about an hour ago? When you told me that you had a question but you wouldn't let me prepare for it, so this is like a pop quiz? Yes, I do remember that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my question. What – tell me what about fantasy – like there are elements in the book that I just found silly that she changed. For example, mm-hmm. in the book, um, the some of the characters get um, iron poisoning Oh yeah, instead mm-hmm. of lead poisoning. But mm-hmm. it's essentially the same thing. But it's just – so to me, there's no value in that. It's just a silly swap like, oh, our, bre- our blood isn't red. It's blue. Mm-hmm. So there's I'm no an value. Olympian and I have ichor instead of blood. Yeah. 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 So there's there's no value to that. Where I think there's a lot of value is where you give characters special powers or abilities or insights that forward the story. Mm-hmm. So I keep I get stuck when the authors do what I would consider just sort of cheap mm-hmm. comparisons that don't really do anything. Okay. And I felt like there was a lot of that in this book. So Tell me, tell me where, like, what part of that engages you and where, mm. like. So, uh, to be frank, mm-hmm. I ignore the details that I am not interested in. Okay. So, I, having read this, like, four months ago now, I don't know that I would have remembered that they had swapped lead for iron. Okay. And I don't even know that that's a detail I would have picked up on in first reading it if it was okay. fresh. 
the things that I like about fantasy books in particular, because we haven't really done a lot of sci-fi. I'll have to I'll have to pick some sci-fi books that are really we haven't. Not really. It's been mostly fan. I read more fantasy oh, than I fantasy. do sci-fi. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, got it. Yeah. Well, we'll correct that in future podcasts. Oh, super. <laughs> Robots and space are coming your way. Just oh yay. <laughs> The terror is <laughs> glinting off your glasses is just shockingly bright. Um, we'll do some Asimov. How about that? Oh, God. Oh, real terror. Okay. I was joking earlier, but now it's there. I see it. Um, <laughs> so the thing that I like about fantasy books in specific is that when I'm reading – so, like, when we read um, Girl with a Pearl Earring, mm-hmm. it just feels so – regular mundane like, yeah it's mm-hmm. these these are things that absolutely could have happened sure and that was fine right and that's great i've read it right. now and with fantasy books it gives you such an opportunity to to stretch mm-hmm. like you i'm reading this book and i might not care about the iron lead details right but when i'm thinking about really tough topics in our regular lives or even if they don't have anything to do with the books it's a nice outlet it's mm-hmm. a gateway to to just think about something else because i don't personally think that most of this is real Mm -hmm. um i know that there are some people who absolutely do believe in things that are like fairy tales or vampires or zombies or bigfoot and that's great you you can if you want to i don't particularly myself got it so this is a nice sometimes it's escapism Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's an opportunity to dissect pieces of our reality that would be really hard to do otherwise that makes a world of sense to me i mean i I and it could be it could be both yeah yeah yeah, I I love the observation that it is easier and less um, personal yeah. to dissect problems yeah. in someone else's culture than it is, you know, yourself. Absolutely. But you can still apply the same lessons. You can yeah. see your own culture more, more readily. What was that book that you had us read that you thought was really funny? And it was early on in our podcast series, and it was the it was at a college, and it was this oh, author you really liked. Yeah, Richard Russo, uh, Straight Man. Was there a the duck? Straight was man. there a duck in there too? There yes. Was okay. A duck. I see the details. I remember. There's a book. There was a college. There was a duck somewhere. I mean, I remember very little of right. that book, and it was it was fine. It wasn't. I wasn't upset about the book. It was okay that I read it, but there was nothing about it that that stuck with me. Yeah. Because it could have been anywhere. Right. It could have been anything. Right. With fantasy books, it's just different enough that it embeds myself a little bit, and I love epic fantasy. I love series. Mm-hmm. I'll go back. I've told you this before. I'll go back and reread dozens of books mm-hmm. in preparation for a new one coming out. <laughs> I'm doing that right now. I'm in book seven of nine of a series, of a series that we will read the first one someday, and you'll really love it. Can't and <laughs> I know you can't. And <laughs> I, that brings me comfort as well, because it's, it's a world that I know a little bit about, and I remember. I do it with the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and just typically, you know, start in the first one, go all the way through. It's like a little friend that you revisit yeah. in, a, in a world that you haven't been to for a while. Could you ever read them out of order? Oh, Wow. Okay, there's a shudder that just happened. Why? <laughs> oh my God. I just choked on my own spittle a bit. Why? Why would you do that? No, no. So I was just when I was listening to you talking, and I was thinking I do that with there are certain record albums, and I say oh, okay. record albums as an old person. Uh-huh. Um, Can I say LP? Is sure. That a, is that a thing? Sure. Okay. It's a long play. Yep. Is that what that stands for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love learning things. <laughs> great from your elders um so i cannot there are certain albums 
that I cannot listen to on shuffle because it's too important yeah. to yeah. the progression is too important. And my husband thinks I'm insane no. for that reason. So that's why I asked you about. The, OK. Now, it's different because an album isn't necessarily telling a story, but no, but it is kind of a building to yeah. it. Oh, no, no. I absolutely. I think the first time I listened to The Wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a story. You you listen to it in order for a reason. Don't laugh at me. I understand who Pink Floyd is. Okay? I'm laughing at you because the only book, I'm mean, the only album my husband said was, well, you got to listen to The Wall in order. And I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. This is what it comes down to. Okay. Your husband and I are much too alike. You're twins. We have already talked about yep, this. It's scary. One of the other things that I really enjoy in some books but not others is when they take tropes mm-hmm. from different stories and kind of flip them around. So, like, this yeah. one had the resourceful orphan trope that was in there okay. because, you know, she didn't have any parents and right. she had to make it on the street and then she goes off on her own and then she finds family. And they can – those are ones where, like, if they twist a little piece, mm-hmm. that I find kind of interesting because it can go in so many different ways. Right. Like the family connection piece of things. Right. Yeah. And you just reminded me that my mom told me that Stephen King was um, uh, Oh, we should read a Stephen King book. Hmm. Um, Stephen King was interviewed, and somebody was asking about him about his process, and he said, you take what's expected, and you take one element of that and flip it. So yeah. um, I can't remember. Misery, I think. Um, the, the genders are flipped. Mm-hmm. Normally, you would think that the captive would be the... Um, female, yeah, and the you know yeah. captor would be the male, and so he intentionally did that because, yeah, just to play with your mind. So that's oh. kind of what you're talking about. It is, trope. and now I'm going to have to think of which one has the best flip to make us read for this. Oh God! Well, and then we would have to get into a Dean Koontz versus Stephen King debate. Would we? Yes. Oh, I did not know. Okay, <sighs> I I cannot let this go without complaining unendingly about how <laughs> awful and unsatisfying the ending was. Now, I yeah. understand that it's part of a trilogy, mm-hmm. but I also feel like each book should stand on its own, and this book does not stand on its own Agreed. because it's completely unsatisfying. I'm not going to say it's unsatisfying because I was satisfied with it and I read the other two. Okay. But I will agree that there were some major, um, like a cliffhanger, Yeah. that if you don't read the next one, you're just kind of left like, what now? Well, first of all, you don't know what happens with any of the the um, in the crypt. Yep. And you've got all these what are the, the what rings are they called again? The rings, yeah. Yep. Um, and so that's just this thing left out uh-huh. in left field that I know is going to factor in at some point, uh-huh. but it's not for me because I'm not going to invest. 150 hours but in the maybe, rest of the series. Maybe you could. Maybe you. Maybe it will sit there and it will wiggle, wiggle away in your like an earworm, <laughs> and eventually you go. I just have to know. That's why you do that stuff. Hmm. Okay, that's a. Don't you ever do a cliffhanger at like the end of a TV season? Yeah, yeah, and then you watch yeah. the next season. That's the whole. Or point. I say, wow, that was not good enough for me to invest oh. any more time in this. See, I liked it, so yeah. I kept going. Yeah. So, and then what happened with Ali? And yeah. Yeah. So you know. That was super unsatisfying. And the most, I thought the most interesting person, so I'm going to make a prediction not knowing anything. Yeah. The most interesting person in the whole book was Jamshit. So (laughs) I'm hoping that he survives and he's the protagonist of the rest of the series. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I, because we were fine with spoilers, he does survive. Good. And... He's not the protagonist because it mostly stays with the same um, focal points. Okay. But he does have a growing presence. Okay. Now, do you want to read the next one? No. 
But he was absolutely the most robust of the characters, the most well-rounded, yeah. the most believable. The rest of them were just, I thought, very um, one-sided. Okay, so eventually, if you get to the end of book two and into book, th- well, mid of book two and into book three, <laughs> um, you find Nari's mom. Uh, oh, Mani- interesting. Maniza? Maniza. Maniza. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's, she's a, she's a, mm. Really? Yes, there's stuff happening there. Okay. So that one, like, well, more family drama. Well, she orphaned her daughter. She did. Huh. And you find out many, many, many more things about her. Now you want to read the next book. I don't, but I also <laughs> want to know a little bit more about Nazreen because she's interesting. She's the, um, she's she was the... Maniza's um, servant. Yes. Well, and she was also, she ended up, um, was she also the Shafet? Um, physicians assist- like yes. she was yes okay yes. yeah I'm trying to pick up on the next well I'm not going to tell you what happened to her because <laughs> if I keep giving you all these tidbits you're never 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 going to read the next one and so now I need to, I need to this is like a breadcrumb trail hmm. you need to have enough left waiting that maybe eventually you get bored enough <laughs> you listen to the next one wow I know that would be a lot of boredom uh, you know for you if okay how about this okay if a piano falls on me Okay. And I'm stuck in a body cast. Yes. And I've read everything else in the world. Okay. I could consider this. Well, I don't want you to get hit by a piano. Okay. So I'm not going to wish it upon you. Okay. But I am going to make my prediction, Mm -hmm. which is that someday it will bother you enough (laughs) that you don't know. You're not going to listen to it, but you're going to look up a synopsis online. Oh, that I could do. Yeah. That I think is going to happen. There There were just so many interesting things in here that I'm... Like the sibling group, so the current ruling family with the sibling mm-hmm. group, the Alcatanis, right. um, that relationship is fascinating mm-hmm. as it develops over the course of the three books. And the writer herself, we didn't really talk about it because you hated the book so much and we jumped right into that. But the <laughs> All writer, <of> my hatred. <laughs> when I first read this, um, you know, her her author name is listed as S.A. Sharbortney. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was a female, mm-hmm. and she is. Okay. Her name is Shannon. Okay. And I assumed that she was either um, a, a person who practices some kind of Islamic faith or something like that. She was not. So she was born in Queens, and she grew up Catholic. Huh. And she converted to Islam. Okay. Um, she um, thought she was going to be a historian, specializing in Middle Eastern kind of, not mysticism, but... Um, religion okay. and and the intersection of those before she turned to writing and then she married a man who who practiced a muslim faith and it just kind of grew from there and i thought that was really fascinating because mm-hmm. i i've been trying to figure ways that we can make sure that we're reading books that showcase a lot of different viewpoints and diverse mm-hmm. characters and i was kind of disappointed <laughs> when i realized that she was a white woman right. um that just happened to um convert right. but she has such a depth of knowledge from her educational background and her um her identity that she's grown into that then right. i kind of you know, fine with it but yeah that was yeah it was that's, surprising that's how i felt with um what was the book that we read um underground Underground Airlines, yes, written by a white man, yes. So you know, I, we make assumptions, sure, that are then proven wrong, right? And it makes you want to read even more on specific topics by people who might have their own. It might be an own story. It might be right. a, a more own voices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, well, I, I'm going to let you um, vacate all of this from your brain space, and we'll <laughs> say that even though you didn't love it, it's okay because I did. <laughs> So is, is that a selfish enough response for you? 
I will go one further and I will say you won this podcast. Oh, well, no, because if I won it, you would have liked it. It depends. I mean, it depends on what your goal is. I want you to genuinely enjoy the book. <laughs> and it was obvious that you did not. So I'm going to call it a tie and that's okay. Okay. Because then enough. we both. It, and our next book will really be interesting. Yes. So typically for people who listen to this podcast regularly, we go back and forth. You mm-hmm. know, it's one of Christine's choices. It's one of mine. Back and forth, back and forth. But um, our library foundation had a fundraiser way back like six months ago or I don't know time hundred years timing ago. is meaningless at this mm-hmm. point and the winner of this auction item got to pick a book that we would read for this so they picked a book for us called blind your ponies mm-hmm. by Stanley Gordon West it's an investment too it's a lengthy book that it, one it is and I didn't pick it so you can't yell at me about <laughs> it. so this is another long one it's set in Montana it's out west. I don't know if it's Montana or Wyoming. West and north. Okay. And it's about a man who moves to this small town after some family trauma drama. And I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> and he starts coaching the local basketball, football, sports team. Coaches. We haven't read this yet. <laughs> Neither of us has read this Thank yet. Thank God. That would be really bad if this is all we knew after having read it. <laughs> we're going to read it and we're going to know it. And we're going to debate it. But he's co- coaching some kind of sports team and it's all about, you know, the, the power of community to heal you over time and small Midwest values and stuff. That's all I know so far. I have a feeling this is going to be more up my alley than yours because of A, realism and B, sports. Uh, probably, but that's okay. And I hope there is actually no blinding of ponies involved. Seriously, that was a little worrisome, but I, I hear tell that that is just a phrase. I think it means put blinders on so that they're not distracted, not actually poking their eyes out. Well, then wouldn't it be blinder your ponies? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we, maybe they were being very efficient and they knocked off the syllable. I don't know. We will know next month. Okay. We will report back, dear listeners, next month about whether or not ponies were harmed in the writing of this book. Uh-oh. And I need my little script and it's not readily available. You mean Here you, we go. You don't have it memorized yet. Thank you for joining us on your Making Me Read What? I couldn't have figured that one out. <laughs> no. Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. Join us next month when we will be discussing Blind Your Ponies by Stanley Gordon West. Thank you so much and keep on reading.